Greetings and salutations to everybody out there in podcast land. This is the Judo Chop Suey Podcast. And I'm your host, Judo Dave Roman. What's going on, everybody? I got a very special, lengthy podcast for you folks today. I'm very excited about it because I am not alone. I'm with my good friend, my training partner, my partner in crime. For at least the next hour and 45 minutes, that is. Judo Joe Kaiser. Welcome back. Morning, Joe. How are you doing today? Doing great. Glad to be back on the podcast. Yeah. I'm really excited for you to be back. I'm, I'm really happy that uh, we, we should have done this a lot sooner than we have. Well, we well here in Florida, uh, we, we, we had a little bit of a setback with the, with the weather that uh, came through here a few yeah. weeks ago. We were planning on doing the podcast that weekend. That's right. Yeah, that, that's right. How how did your family fare? This is I know in my last episode I said this would be the absolute last time I talk about that right that hurricane. But I, I'm curious how'd your family fare? It was fine. Um, you know we we had a day without power, which you know is hardly anything compared to some people. I had friends. I had friends who lived in South Florida who barely got any of the effects of the storm, and were out of power for a week. So. No, no kidding. Yeah, nothing to complain about here. Yeah, yeah, we were out for about two days. Oh, and, and that's that not was bad. It. So, so everybody was fine though. No, yeah. Any damage to your home at all? Minimal. Okay. Like some fencing and some. Oh, roof, really? Yeah, and some roof shingles. Yeah, I think I lost in my other other house. I know it sounds so. <laughs> in my other house, I I lost a couple of shingles. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think that's about it. I just got to fix that up. Yeah, and to use another cliche, I, I, our area here, uh, the Tampa area of uh, Florida, we, we really dodged a bullet, you know, cause it, the reports were, it was really going to hit us hard. So we yeah. were really prepared for it. And yeah, I mean, we got some weather, but it wasn't nearly as bad as, as, as we thought we were going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're very fortunate. Um, you know, like I said, in the last episode, I talked about, uh, you know, how people like Steve Jervy and them, they love these storms. They love <laughs> talking about it and, you know, getting people all hyped up for nothing. Well, think about it, uh, especially here in Florida, uh, a weatherman's job is really probably the most boring thing. I said that. Yeah, I said that last week. I know exactly. Yeah, because right? I, I mean, I, I could be, I, I'll give you the, the forecast for the next year. Uh, let's say April through December. Yeah. It's going to be hot during the day and probably rain in the afternoon. Right, right yeah. at the afternoon. Highs 90, low yep. 77 degrees, clear. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, it. 60% humidity minimum. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's Florida. No need to check the weather for the rest of the year. That's why, yeah, yeah that's exactly why I live here. Yeah. <laughs> so what's up and what's been going on with you? Other, how's training been going? Uh, been going really well. You know, the, the, the judo class has really picked up. I mean, even since we last talked, you know, we were going good. But uh, so many new students, uh, just people. Uh, the jiu-jitsu instructor, uh, Mr. Joey Best, shout out right there. Um, he really pushes uh, new students to get into the judo class. So, really? oh yeah, yeah, that's his thing. He and he he really thinks that it it's very advantageous for guys just coming in, you know, because we get a lot of people uh, no no grappling experience whatsoever. And at all the white belt classes, he really pushes them to to attend judo classes, and it's actually had a real impact on my my class. That that's really interesting to me because I remember, and and of course I don't mean anything toward you know our our, our friend Dave who's, who's yeah. passed, 
I remember when I was going to the club semi-regularly before I got seriously injured with, with my back. Um, the judo for Brazilian jiu-jitsu class, there was maybe about five to seven regular regulars. And now, the last time I saw, there were at least 20 adults. What has been the difference since you've taken over that class? Why... Why and again, this isn't any sort of criticism toward toward Joey or or you know Joey Best or anything like that. But what was the difference then versus now? Um, you know, I, I wish I could put my finger on it and say it was this or that. Um, I will say, uh, while I teach, you know, all the techniques that I teach are from our old instructor's curriculum. You know, it's I I teach. Uh, Uchigari the way he taught me, right? Which is different than other, you know. It's not. I wouldn't say it's traditional. His Uchimata that he showed me, maybe not a, a traditional like Japanese style Uchimata. So I'm showing the techniques. Um, one thing I'll say that I've kind of brought to that class is I t- and and this may make some sense to you. I instruct in a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu kind of way, mm-hmm. meaning. It's not that traditional, um, you know, hardcore, uh, old school kind of instruction. And I, I'm not saying that the, my way is better, but I, I, I know that the, the way like that Joey Best runs the jujitsu class. And I try to keep that same um, feeling with the yes. judo class and not so much of more of an old school uh, mentality, I guess you could say. And so I don't I'm not saying that that's maybe the reason I, I honestly, I just think that. Uh, we everybody sees the benefit of the class, honestly, and so now it's it's really. I, I'm I know that Joey Best and those guys have always encouraged people to attend the the judo class, but now people I think are really, um, really picking up on it. And one of the points that I really think kind of turned a lot of people at the club, uh, was seeing it in action. So, as a white belt, uh, my wife Stephanie, yeah. who trains with us. As a white belt in uh, jiu-jitsu, I should say, uh, she went to her first tournament and she threw everybody. Uh, she didn't win all of her matches, sure, but she threw everyone. She was in position to win all of her matches. Right, right. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that. And so I think that was an eye-opener for people. It's like, wow, you know, that, that it's, it's a big, big addition to your game. Because even, you know, one thing I've always been confused about at other jiu-jitsu schools or pretty much every jujitsu school I've ever been to is they never train from the feet mm-hmm. a week out from a tournament. You know, they'll, they'll work sure. on some, some double legs and single legs and stand up. But, uh, I always found that odd because even at jujitsu tournaments, you start on the feet. So you got whether you, so if you had no wrestling background or no judo background, you're pretty much at a loss. Right. That's why you see a lot of guard pulls and butt scoots and jujitsu tournaments because they don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, even now, even as a part of the warm ups for our, our BJJ class, uh, we do takedown drills, you know, and that could comprise of single legs and double legs or the, uh, the folks that take my, my judo class, they work on Sayanagi and Sase Surakomi Goshi. And so, you know, we do takedown drills and so everybody's at least learning you know something from the feet yeah yeah so. 
That's awesome. That's, yeah. that's really cool. So how many adults you got going uh, right about now? Uh, you on know, any given night? I mean, uh, I know it fluctuates. Yeah, it fluctuates. But what what's odd is like, so we, we have a Monday night class, but it's at 5 p.m., which is a, to- a, tough, a tough time. It's a tough time. But this past week, my Monday class probably had 15 people in it, which wow. is it's never that high. Yeah. But we had like four new new students. That that just started at the club, and you know, a lot of them it was their first first day doing judo, and you know, and they came back. So, what what do you do with new students um, at a club that has not only a lot of adults, but now you have a lot of experienced adults, albeit they may not be brown belts or uh, they might not be brown, but they're experienced. They've been doing this about at least a year now. So, how do you bring in? new adults and is that different than what a lot of other judo clubs do no i try i try to keep it you know like at the other judo clubs that i've trained at so when when i have new students i'll have one of my more advanced students and i'm fortunate enough to have a few black belts that also train there besides myself with way more experience than me even uh and they'll work with the new students you know teaching them uh break falls and you know and, you know, maybe a no-goshi and ch- just test them to see how, you know, getting them used to getting thrown and throwing as well. And, you know, that's how they get acclimated to the class, which was the same way. I'm sure I, I don't know how it was when you first started training, but, you know, my first few classes, obviously you were learning Ukemi and then, you know, maybe a Ogoshi and j- just going from there until you you know, we're comfortable with, with picking up on techniques and things like that. Yeah. I actually, um, I don't think I've ever shared this story with anybody, but before I started judo, like I knew I wanted to do judo and I would, I would look on YouTube. Was it, no, YouTube wasn't really even around back then. It was, it was judo info site. I would learn, Oh yeah. I would take a look at the videos on Okemi and I would practice the Okemi on my carpet because I couldn't afford to do judo, but I knew judo was something that I wanted to do and when I I, I wanted to practice the ukemi because I didn't want to waste time and it's not a it's not a waste of time learning ukemi but when I knew I was going to be in a position to actually start judo and this was actually a couple of years later when I started practicing that was a couple of years before I started judo that I actually started practicing the ukemi a little bit I did not want to waste a month just being the guy trying to pick up Ukemi right. and, and, and this kind of stuff. And that, that actually helped me a lot because I, that's why that's a part of the reason why I, I, uh, you know, I was promoted through the Q ranks fairly quickly because my Ukemi was, was spot on. I, I mean, when I, my first day of judo, I was ready to go. I was ready to throw. I was proficient because I've been practicing it on my, my, on my tile and carpet for, for a, a while already. So in my, I, my Ukemi improved, but, I knew my form was spot on. Yeah, and, and now that now that you mentioned that, uh, one of the things uh, our BJ during our BJJ classes, uh, and this goes for the advanced class as well as the the white belt classes, uh, they do okemi. They do. Yes, yeah, and that's part of the drill. Um, and some so that that way when when guys and ladies come to my, my, my judo class, they, you know, they, they have a concept of following. Now I tweak it a little bit because one thing that, uh, I'm real particular on Ukemi. There is a right way to do it. Yeah. And, and so there's people that know how to fall, but 
as you know, there, there's a, there's a correct way to do it. And I'm talking about tweaking the details, you know, like your arm placement on your, on when you're slapping out and your leg placement to be able to stand, you know, basically Absolutely. come to your feet. And, you know, so I'll, I'll tweak their Okemi a little bit, but at least they have the concept, the basic concepts down, uh, folks that come from the BJJ class and to do their first judo class. So they at least, you know, have a concept of what they're going to be doing. And, and, and it matters. And, and, you know, and I, I get on the kids in my club a lot about this, how you do your ukemi matters. Oh, yeah. And, and the way that they do ukemi in jujitsu is similar to how it's done in parkour. It's similar to how it's done in other types of uh, like stunt movies and, and things like that. But judo, it's different. You, you, your feet placement, it, it all matters because the ukemi, especially the, the, the forward ukemi, it, it forms a basis for forward throws. The, the motion for the forward throw, uh, a lot of times, is the same way that you would actually do your ukemi. But if it's done in, in a different way, like if you do it in parkour, your, your, the alignment of your forward throws is going to be off because your fundamentals for the basics of rolling forward is is not the same. It's got to, it is completely different. And I get on the kids, I might class a lot. I, I just kind of see them flopping around and not taking it seriously. And every time I see that, you know, when it when it's when I'm kind of running things, I we do Kemi for 15 minutes because I, oh, I just yeah. you know, no no I, it's important. It's definitely important. And uh, uh, like I said, so they come in with that basic concept of Kemi, but like I I'll uh, I'll tweak it and um, yeah and. And what they're doing is not wrong. No. It's just in judo, it has to be a certain way. And it just, it matters. Absolutely. You know, it's, not, it's not about tradition. It's about, it's about developing fundamentals. And, and that's the most fundamental of them all. You, you can't, if you're not doing ukemi, right? I tell the kids this all the time. Look, you know, they may get a, a yellow belt or an orange belt, but tell them you, you're not, you're not getting a green belt uh, unless your ukemi is right. At least, you know, if I'm, because at my club, you know, it's, it's Carlos who's doing yes. the, uh, who's, who's the lead sensei there. Um, and he, the last set of promotions that we had, he, he actually asked for my, uh, input, my input yeah. on that. It was the first time I've ever been asked for, for input and stuff. And I, you know, I gave my input and, and he, he agreed with almost everything. I, actually, there was one girl that, uh, I thought deserved to be promoted because they do half steps in, in judo now in a lot of kids' classes. The, the yellow orange yeah belt. it's got the the middle stripe on the belt or, no, not or the middle stripe but two color belt two color belts, okay yeah. yeah yeah and I I actually told the only thing we disagreed on I I thought one of the girls in my class deserved to be jumped right from yellow to orange instead of that half step but but he decided to go the half step for a couple of reasons and he has concerns you don't want to promote a kid too quickly um and I, I and I understand that too yeah because uh, sometimes some parents can push the teacher a little bit to promote a kid too quickly to the next belt. And you know, then you end up having purple belts, you, you know, purple belts in judo, which, the, which the highest junior rank, for right. those who don't know, you end up having 13 year old purple belts and you can't have that. Right. It, it's just, it's just not appropriate. And it, unless you're, unless you're a junior national champion. I was going to say, unless their level really, really uh, is there, you don't want to do that. Right. It's, it's really unfair to, to for the, the student, kid, for yeah, the student, it really is. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, what else has been going on at the club? Um, you got any any interesting guests come by here and there? Well, yeah, as you know, um, we have a 
we have a guy that trains with us. He, he's an ex uh, UFC uh, alumni and Bellator uh, MMA fighter, but uh, his his initial art was judo as well. So, um, oh, Josh, yes, Josh Rafferty. Yeah, I, I you know, he. I'm gonna reach out to him soon enough. Um, I'd like him to come here. Yeah, he's, he he definitely wants to do the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I want him on the podcast. But uh, yeah, and he, he's such a great training partner. I mean, he he's a legit brown belt yeah. in, in uh, jujitsu. Uh, Shodan and judo. Yeah. Uh, and he, he trains a lot of uh, uh, pro wrestlers. Uh, you know, he, he, uh, yeah. And uh, like uh, Dave Batista is is one of his uh, guys that he trains. Yeah. Obviously, he's training him for movies now. Is he really? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, any of the, any of the, you know, they're, they're just training partners. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, and so uh, lately we've we've had uh, an, another former WWE guy coming in and training with a uh, uh, wrestler named Jack Swagger. Oh my gosh! Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great guy. Um, now, for those who who may not know, Jack Swagger was a former WWE champion. He won the Money in the Bank um, in order to get that opportunity. And if I'm not mistaken, he might have beaten Chris Jericho for the title. Of course, you know. That this is all scripted stuff, but still, when when the WWE puts the title on you, it's a great it's a great honor because they they're essentially saying, you know, you are the face of our company. That's so right. it's it's a big deal, even though it's you know you could say it's it's fake outcomes or scripted outcomes and stuff. When when they put the belt on you, they're saying you you're our guy. So that's a big deal. So no, no, a absolutely. WWE champion. Um, at your so what was that like oh he awesome guy i mean for a guy that size i would call him a gentle giant you know i uh i've actually only got to train with him one time but it it was an experience um you know i i I think and i don't know if i'm letting the cat out of the bag here but i i think the plan for, for him is is uh mma really yeah and so uh you know he's training with josh and josh is at least getting him ready for that should that opportunity come up. But I, I'm pretty sure that's the plan is for for him to fight in MMA. And uh, you know he's a legit was a legit college wrestler. Yes, as University a of Oklahoma, I believe. Yeah, I believe he was he was an All American there a few times. Uh, he, he might have been. I I looked at his profile a little bit and I saw that he has the the record for most wins by pin in a in a row. Um, when he was at the University of Oklahoma, something like that. And I also believe he's the last person to have beaten Cain Velasquez in NCAA wrestling. Really? Yes. Uh, so, you know, I mean, he, he is a legit athlete. I, I believe he also played on the football team I, for, for a bit at Oklahoma. Yeah, when I when I briefly saw his profile, um, I think he did. He was a two-sport athlete at yeah. the University of Oklahoma, but then he dedicated his... Uh, you know his his focus to wrestling. To wrestling, yeah. And so, so now I'm curious did did he go by Jack Swagger? Yeah, you know it's funny. Yeah, I I mean I know his name's Donald. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, when he was introduced to me, it, it was as Jack Swagger. So yeah, yeah, that's how that's how I addressed him. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, because you know you just go, I know Dave Bautista's name. That's his actual. Yeah, name. that's his name, right? You, you know, I mean, anytime. Which is rare, but if I see a wrestler in, in public, I, I call him by the wrestling name. You know, when I when I met uh, my my highlight one of the highlights of my life meeting, you know, the Macho Man. I, oh I yeah, didn't, I didn't call him Mister Poffo. Hey, Randy. Yeah, or, or, or most... Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, and that's the persona. You know, it's uh, 
living here in, in the Tampa Bay area, uh, running into a pro wrestler is not uncommon not at all. Uncommon. I right. used to run into, not the name drop here, but uh, the big show. Uh, do, you, I, do you live here? I think he still does. Does he still live here? I believe he still does. I know has. Dave Bautista does. I yep. know Jack Swagger does. Um, I know a number of Chris Jericho. Does he make his home here? Yeah. Well, I used to see Chris Jericho quite often um, at a restaurant in my area and come to find out, I think at the time he was dating a girl who was a bartender there. And uh, I believe it's his wife. No. Oh, so, wow, so she's from the area. So I, I believe he still lives in the area. Uh, some of the, the Hardy, Hardy boys, was that their name? Living? No, they don't. They live in North Carolina. They do. Okay. Yeah. I th- they may have a second home here, but I know they make their home in, uh, I believe Greensboro. Oh, uh, edge is, Edge lives in Tampa. Yeah, he lives in there. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I, and I've seen all these guys. Uh, uh, and uh, a wrestler that has passed now, Test. Yeah, I, yeah. I used to, he died in, in Feather Sound. Yeah, and I, I used to see him in Ebor City every did once in really? a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Andrew Test Martin. Now, did you actually do any training with Jack Swagger? Did, did he show you anything? Um what was what was that like if you did? Yeah, so I actually um I did some re- I would call it, we did some wrestling. Obviously, uh, you know, I'm I'm like 5'10, 155 to 160 pounds depending on the day. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's built he's built at like uh I think 6'6, six six, 275. And yeah, he's he's, he's did every he, Did he look that big? He's still? every bit of it. Oh wow, yeah. I can't even, uh, yeah, that's a big dude. Yeah, when when he, when he pits his hands on you uh uh you know, you 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 feel it. And, but the, the the funny thing is, is, you know, even though we wrestled and the, obviously, you know, he's got a hundred plus pounds on me. Uh, he's not stupid. No, he's, no, he's no, take, no. Take you up and throw you. No, no, no. Hand. He was gentle as ever. Um, and actually, uh, Josh Rafferty was working with him on some, uh, some, uh, jujitsu stuff like, like, um, half guard and stuff like that. And so I actually, you know, got to roll with him a little bit and yeah, it was actually, it was fun rolling with him. It, yeah. It, it, now, have you rolled with Batista? I haven't. You have um, not. Because so, I, I hear he's a purple belt and very good. He's a very good touch. Oh, yeah. From what I understand. Yeah, um, well, several guys at the club have rolled with him and said that, you know, he as big as he is. Now, he's not easy to move, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's another guy that's at least 250. Yes, at least. Um, I met him at the club once, but I... I picture. Yeah, I, di- I didn't get to train with him yet, but uh, he... um. Everybody said he's a, he's a like a gentle role, and and he's a he's a legit purple belt. Yeah, yeah, that that much I knew. Um, and what about yourself? I know you're a legit purple belt. What is your um? How's how's jujitsu training been going for you? It's been going well. Um, honestly, with uh, so much focus on judo at the club for me, right. you know, running uh, three classes a week, you know, I, I'm I'm try I I'm not I haven't been in as many BJJ classes as I'd like to. Interesting. Uh, I I still minimum two a week, but okay, you know, I okay. used to, I used to get four in a week, and I, I'm going to try to get back to that right. as much as I can. But but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's great. I I love training at that club. You know, we we've got a lot of great, not only instructors but great training partners there. So right, right. Yeah. Now I've always said, well, not always, but I've said it in the past on this on this podcast that the purple belt in terms of hours on the mat and and such an experience is more or less equivalent in the same amount of work put in as a, as a judo showdown. Where do you think you are in terms of, I, I, I know you're not the type of guy to hunt for promotions, but 
what might that look like for you to get your brown belt? Where where do you think you need to be um, in, in terms of being good enough to hang with brown belts? Maybe you're there already. I don't I don't know. I know brown belt is significant. Um, so I'm just kind of curious in your own training uh, how that fits in. And how does your judo skill, does your judo skills fit into that equation for being promoted uh, in jiu-jitsu at all? I doubt it. Okay. I, I doubt that it, it fits in at all. Um, to be honest with you, like you, I'm pretty familiar in judo in terms of what you need to know and where you need to be in terms of your um, getting promoted. Sure. And BJJ, I'm not as familiar because not and not all clubs do it the same. Right. Like I know there's guys at some club that uh, have brown and even black belts in jujitsu. Whereas at another club, they might be a blue and purple belt. See, that's crazy Just, to me. That, that's so hard. And it, and that's rare. Like generally when you see a guy, if a guy's got a brown belt, you know, he's a brown belt. Like right. you said, that's a pretty, pretty significant uh, accomplishment in BJJ. Uh, in, in terms of myself, you know, I, it, it all depends on the person. Like um, there's guys that are brown belts that, you know, I can't even touch. Well, sure. You know what I mean? And when you roll with them and you, you see where you're at, you know, and then there's other guys that have brown belts that I feel I can, I can hang with and, and maybe even submit given, you know, everything goes right. Yeah. So yeah, it it all depends. You know, um, I, I, I generally, uh, rank my skills against the guys at our club. Because if a guy's got a purple belt at our club, he's a he's a legit purple belt. Of course. And if a guy's got a brown belt at our club, he's a legit brown belt. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it all it all depends on the person. Um, matchups to me are, are a big thing. Like yeah, and I mean in terms of you cannot you and I'm starting to see this, and we're going to talk about this a little bit in terms of of age and injuries and stuff. But matchups matter. You can't you cannot compare yourself to a 25-year-old purple belt. I mean, these things matter. Age and that stuff matters to me anyway. Yeah, it, it does some somewhat, but for me it's 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 kind of like um you know, it's no different than like an MMA fight. You know, you can't you, how many times have you tried to do MMA math where well this guy beat him and this guy beat him so they, he should be able to be and then right. it just totally goes the wrong way. It's really about if one guy's got a technique that you just can't stop. And this guy could be a blue belt. Right. But he's just got this technique and he's good at it and he's going to get you. And then he goes up against somebody that, you know, that you maybe catch on the regular with submission. And that guy beats him because he's got a technique that he can't stop. So, you know, it's one of those things. I I, I think that um, matchups are are a big thing, you know, uh, in judo, it's the same way. Like uh, if a guy's got great ashiwaza, and you know, and he just catches you with the, those foot sweeps, and you you just can't figure it out, and then you see him go up against somebody else who's maybe got a better defense against that foot sweep and hits him with something. And yeah, you, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. yeah, but I'm finding for myself these days that you know, and I, I remember one of the one of the, the who's the the, the the Gracies uh, out there in California. I mean, I know there's a bunch, but Henner and Huron. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They talk about um, this pseudo belt system where every 
every 10 pounds or every 20 pounds is a it's belt. another belt. And, and every 10 years is a belt. And I, I'm starting to see how that applies to judo and that now that I'm, I'm well into my 40s. Yeah. Like, and look, you know, you know, Yonkyus and, and Sankyus, they don't, regardless of age, they don't give me problems in, in Rondori, but it's still not easy. No. They're so, they're so fast. Like, like a 15, 16 year old kid. Like we got this, this is kid, um, he's, he's got good judo, um, at, at our club. He's, he's about, I think he's like 16 years old and I haven't done Rondori with him for a while because he's dealing with it. But the times that I have done Rondori with him, I'm like, Gosh, I can't believe I used to be this fast. And, and right. it just, there's, you know, I, I can catch them with foot sweeps. and I, But, you know, diving in for drop Sayanagi, forget it. Yeah. I, I don't have the speed anymore. Yeah, there's... I, I have to be more creative when I move in order to throw people who are younger and faster. And, and like, I think of some of the guys at your club, like like Jeremy. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think I could throw him. No, I don't. He... He's too strong. I mean, he's, he's like 175, so it's not like he's, I mean, he's, but he's, I know he works out weights a lot. He's strong and he's fast and he's athletic and he's not injured. <laughs> I mean, he's, I, I don't think I could throw him. I, I don't care what rank he is. Yeah, I don't no. Think I could catch him. And that was funny because like, like you were talking about, um, we consulted with, with people on, uh, giving promotions because, you know, we, um, it, before we, we started doing, the, I mean, we had the judo class at the club, but it was never, you know, it was just like, hey, come in and learn some takedowns. But, you know, people were actually interested in obtaining rank in judo and maybe even competing in judo tournaments. Yeah. So we had to, you know, we, you know, just to, to make it a legit judo club, we had to give people judo rankings. Sure. So, you know, being some of the other uh, black belts there, we, we just, where do you think this guy? And we agreed on everybody. And that's funny you mentioned Jeremy. He was one of those kids that... I could have given him a brown belt from day yeah. one. I, I, I agree. You, I completely agree. You, you know what I mean? And it, it, it's just some people's skill level is just there. Uh, and in the end, you know, we end up giving him a green belt. But you see, to me, to, to me, <laughs> it's almost unfair. I, I mean, I haven't seen Jeremy in over a year, but I know seeing what he was doing at the judo class when Dave was running it. Uh-huh. See, and, and we were we were starting to get down this path that where you were just saying that you know judo ability doesn't really factor into the equation of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but I do think Brazilian jiu-jitsu ability can and should factor in the equation for judo because of nawaza. You have to if somebody has superior nawaza skill and maybe slightly inferior. Um, you know, Tachiwaza, I still think you have to respect the Nawaza. And somebody like, to me, if it was, obviously it's not my call, it shouldn't be, but if Jeremy was in my club, I would have zero problem giving him a, a Sankyu, at least. Yeah. Giving him right up to Sankyu, because well, he's got to be a purple belt by now. And, oh yeah, he's a purple belt. Yeah, so to me, Sankyu easily. I, I mean, and that's why... I. You know, promotions can be tricky. It can be very political. And, you know, why'd you give this guy that and stuff? And I and I understand probably the same type of discussions. So I'm, I'm curious, and I hate pointing anybody out um, like like Jeremy. So why was he not, to, to me, Why was he not promoted to Brown Belt? Made sense. And 
This is funny. So me and one of the other sensei's, we, 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 that was one that we, there there was a couple students that I went back and forth on, uh, man, this guy. And the reason that we gave him a green belt was to encourage, it would, it was almost to, man, you're almost a brown. You need to get him in the class more. I hate that. That that's me. I I, I hate that stuff. Yeah, it was, but with Jeremy, um, you know, he's a, he works his schedule, you know, he, he's a, he's a great kid. Yeah, he's he a is. great kid. Yeah. And it's just, it's tough for him to make it as often as he would like. Right. Right. You know, but like he's, he's one of those kids, he could take off four months and come to one judo class and it doesn't look like he's missed a day. Yeah. I believe it. You I mean, know what I mean? You know, he's, he's young, athletic, strong. Uh, he's got, he's got all the tools to be, to be uh, great in my opinion. And, and another one of those like discussions that we had, and there's no way he's so humble. He would have never accepted it. But, uh, you know, my jujitsu instructor, a legit black belt, uh, Joey best, we almost had to give him a brown belt straight out in judo. He would have never accepted it. I know him. He's so humble. I I know that, but he, he, again, it just seeing him and seeing him do the little standard that I see him do, that would have been an easy call for me. Well, even just based on his Nawaza yeah, alone. Nawaza alone, yeah, you can't. You, you get to the mat with him, uh, it's over. He's better. He's better than ninety nine percent of of the judo. Well, even even a lot of Olympians. Which I want to get to that. I I know where I know where we're going with this. But yes. continue your thought. Yeah, yeah, and and that, that was the thought that I've had. I you know we went and trained at other judo clubs and. Uh, and his his stand up, he's thrown brown belts. He looks good, bigger, yeah. Than but you know Joey's one hundred and thirty pounds yeah. at his heaviest, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've seen him thrown throw. Big, he's got a few techniques that uh, I, to honest with you, I haven't found an answer for. Really, he's got a few techniques that that are that are he owns his Kosoto Gake. I, he can throw anybody at the club with that. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, and what like you said, once you hit the mat with him, you it's over for you. And uh, so that was another thing that I was, you know, struggling with. It's like, man, and like I said, I know that he would have never accepted a brown belt straight up. He's so humble, right? He, you know, but yeah, there was a few guys like that, and and there was actually a few guys that looking back, I I probably should have ranked higher initially yeah you know just for the time they put in and their their knowledge and stuff so you know it's a it's a uh learning process for me as well yeah yeah i mean you know the, the q ranks even even to me and i i said this before I, I think i think clubs around here not just here but in 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 the united states as a whole um or most a lot of them overvalue showdown to me um, you know, and, and overvalue the Q ranks. So I don't think had you promoted them the brown belt, no harm would have been done Agreed. To, to me. And I, I just think if they deserve that, whatever, whatever Q rank you want to put them in, you know, EQ is different, but, um, but you know, you give them a sound Q, give them a knee Q, you know, no harm is being done there. And, and especially with their, um, jujitsu skills and then when the waza skill, you know, they deserve that that stuff. Yeah, agreed, hundred percent. And uh, and some of the older black belts that we have that train with us, you know, these are strict strictly judo guys. Their biggest, like, the thing that amazes them the most is 
the athleticism. Yeah. And this is no disrespect to judo whatsoever. Obviously, I love judo. Uh, but there's a different body type. Uh, uh, for for the like when you look at guys who've been say doing uh, like a judoka who's been only trained judo his whole life, got fifteen twenty years. There's that 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 upper body strength. You know, you for for a, a judo player, it's there. You know, from all the the uh, the, explosive, Uchikomi, the explosiveness. Yeah, it, it is Uch- different, right? And whereas uh, jujitsu guys are a little more, uh, for the most part. Uh, leaner, uh, athletic, athletic, I would just overall athleticism. Uh, and it, it's, it's a different, it gives you something different to deal with. Like, and, and I know we keep talking about our, our good friend, Jeremy, but someone like Jeremy, you know, who technically is a green belt in judo, purple yeah. belt in jujitsu, but he can get black belts. I've seen him throw black belts. Yeah. Just because of his athleticism, he throw me. I, I, no question. Oh, he's about thrown it. me. Yeah, Ab- absolutely. Uh, and it's that different. Maybe it's a different approach to to you know because they're coming in uh, from a different. It's not really a different art to me. Uh, to me, BJJ and judo are the same. Uh, I know it's going to surprise some people, but it's just different. Different focus. That's all. Yeah. You know, it's like scientists this guy concentrates on this portion of science this guy concentrates more on this but they're in the same field in the same field you know they're they're, they're the same art to me just with different focuses and i think the mentality is a little different you know some of the things that we have to um like when we're doing rondori when you're doing a uh rondori in brazilian jiu-jitsu um there's it's more it's not casual but there's time to relax. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In Nawaza, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Nawaza. Yeah. Uh, because there's no no time limit, you, you, meaning, uh, you know, they're not going to stand you up after 10 seconds of inactivity. Right. They give you time to to uh, progress and move. They're, they're not, Russ's never going to stop you and stand you up. And even with Tachiwaza, uh, you know, the guys that come over from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you know, you got to drill it. There's no relaxing when, when you're doing Tachi Waza. You know, the the second that you, you know, uh, get a grip on on some guy and you relax, you're getting thrown. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Basically, right. You have to be on. There's no pause. There's no pausing. Yeah. Where, where, whereas in Jiu-Jitsu, uh, BJJ, you know, especially, you know, we're, when we're, we're sparring, we're starting from the, the ground. We're starting from the knees. Right. So, you know, I you get into like half guard or something like that. So now, okay. I can I can pause here. I, I can wait for my opponent to, you know, he's going to try to hip escape. So then, you know, I'm going to try to knee slice pass. Or there's there's time to relax. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I try to instill uh, in, in those guys when we start doing judo. You know, I'm not saying you got to go uh, ham a uh, hundred hundred miles an hour the whole time, but be focused. You know, have your hands up. When you get your grip, when especially when you get the grip you want, don't. Re- that's not the time to pause and relax. That's the time to attack. That's the time to do something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, I know that you've had an elite level uh, judo player come to your club. Can you tell me a little bit about her and what your experiences have been like? Because I've never, the highest level guy I've ever really gone with, actually two, the Sasaki, of course. 
and and there's there's this Frankie who, yes. who did go to the Olympics, but but who's neither, also trained at our club as well. Who's trained at your club, right? But yep. neither of them have the kind of pedigree as as this person. So please tell me about uh, uh, Sabrina. Yes, yeah, Sabrina Filsmoser. I hope I said your name right, Sabrina. If you're listening, um, yeah, she, uh, from Austria, right? From Austria, right. yeah. Uh, she's uh, she's great, uh, great to train with, especially for for. Um, folks that are lighter weights, you know, like us, cause you know, you can go hard with her. You're going to have to Yeah, guys like mine and your size. Sure. 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 We can go, you know, bring what you got and it's going to, it's okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And as terms of her level, yeah, she's, she's there, man. Uh, gripping, you know, you're not going to out grip, out grip her. Really? Yeah, no. Now, now, guys, so that you you guys understand who we're talking about, because I I know not everybody listening, uh, even in the judo world knows who may not know may not know her background, but um, she fights in the under fifty seven kilo category for Austria. Uh, she placed seventh at the two thousand twelve Olympics. She's a thirteen time national championship, and she's won uh, two bronze medals at the world championships. So this is not some some player who is ranked like 75th in the world in her division. She has a lot of pedigree. So, so this is really interesting to me, even her gripping for, for everything that we learned from Dave, who Dave learned from Jimmy Pedro. Right. Can't even hang. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you gotta, it's going to, you're going to have to be on your game because yeah, you're, you're going to get, you're going to get gripped and she, and what does she do that's different? That that you made that we you know we learned a lot about gripping from Dave and like I just said he learned it from Jimmy Pedro and and other so what does she do that's different I don't know that she's doing anything different she's just she's, better. she's just so good at it yeah and, and you elite. yeah and you know and like European players like that they have a probably you know such a larger pool of training partners Absolutely. than we have here so you know the people that she's trained with I, I'm guessing are all at her at least around her level. You know, so she's a, she's very fit. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and she, you know, in terms of judo is uh, uh, in, uh, you know, the latter years of her. Absolutely. I mean, she's, I, I think she's older than 30. I think she's. She might be even like 35 or something. Like she that. might even be north of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's, you're, you're elderly in terms of. Yeah. Like, in terms of judo. Being an elite athlete. I mean, she's probably 10 years younger than me, but yeah, in yeah, terms of right. judo, she's, you're right. right. She's, but, um. Yeah, her 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 fitness level is beyond anything I've ever seen. Fascinating. Yeah, and um, you know she was training down uh, south of Tampa in Venice, Florida, with a, a gentleman, uh, Simon Childs, who okay. I believe trained under uh, Neil Adams, if I'm not mistaken. He he and he's like a six Dan. Oh, that okay. You told me about him. Yes, and and talk about a guy. Also, on on that yeah. level, yeah, and and he and he's a pretty big guy, probably six one, yeah, north of two hundred pounds. He he, and technique is just flawless, as you imagine. Uh, being one of a guy trained under Neil, uh, his Taitoshi is yeah, just spot on, spot sure. on, yeah. And he he actually came to our club and demonstrated that Taitoshi, and actually, uh, made me change the way I do mine when I saw the way, he, yeah, more of a traditional style. Really? I had kind of gotten away from the traditional Taitoshi and was, uh, you know, doing the one that like that Dave 
uh, yeah. taught us. Well, because Dave, Dave told me that he learned his Tayatoshi from Neil Adams. Yes. So yeah. That's kind of interesting how... But just just the way that he... And Jimmy Pedro. And, but, you know... The way he entered and uh, the way he opened the, the uh, his opponent up, uh, I, I just found... And I, I I started doing it that way and have had more success with it that way. Honestly, you'll, you'll have to show me next time I come to the club because I Tayatoshi and it's something Dave always said. He he actually thought my Tayatoshi was better than his. He 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 thought my Tayatoshi was really good and I should throw with it more. It's just it's never been a throw I've been comfortable with. Same here. You know, it's it's weird. And, and, and the funny thing is, um, which I'll, I'll I'll have to ask you about if you ever tapped out Dave, but. I didn't. I never really threw Dave all that often, but the throw that I got him on once was 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 a, a, one of my biggest throws that I got him on was a Tayatoshi. And I remember I threw him, you know, I, I and I looked at him and said, "Did you jump?" <laughs> you, you know, so it was it was one of those throws that I when I catch it, it's it's really it's flawless, but I, I just don't feel comfortable with it. Yeah, it's one of those, and it's not even, you know, usually when people don't feel comfortable with the Tayatoshi, it's that almost that fear because yeah. of your knee. My, yeah, you, you know, that you know, is part of it too, my hamstring. I think that's part of it with me, but I've never really thought about, the you know, getting injured doing that uh, throw. It's just, it always seems like it's there. And then when I go to execute it, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't feel like the Kazushi was good enough right. or even though... The person was set up for it perfectly. I never feel great with it. I actually got to the point where where I would normally attempt Tayatoshi. I kind of started doing Ogaruma, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I feel like that person, if they're set up for Tayatoshi, they're also set up for Ogaruma, and I actually had more success with it. So I, I kind of got away from my Tayatoshi a little bit. Um, but neither one of those are like like. Uh, my top technique by any means. Yeah. Yeah. Taitoshi for me, I, I do attempt it. I mean, I haven't done much Rondori this year uh, other than with you and, and with, a, but you know, in the past, I, I do attempt it, but it's probably like my fifth throw, yeah. fifth or sixth throw on my, on my, in my repertoire that I, that I do. And, and things just have to be right. And, and sometimes I catch it and, it and it feels great, but um, it's not often enough. I, I just don't feel comfortable with it. And, right. and I, you know, maybe next time I, I come by your club, you can show me, you know, what you were shown by, by Simon. Correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And yeah, he's, he, he, like I said, he, he, he's a great competitor. Um, you know, he's like, you know, he's younger than me and he's a six Dan. So that tells you what, oh, okay. what level that he's. So he's still, he's still a young dude. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Okay. Interesting. But, he's down there in Venice? Yes. Is he at that club that is ran by the president of the USJA? Is that the same club? No, that club is actually further south, like uh, Cape Coral. Cape Coral. Oh, that's right. All right, yeah. Judy. Yeah, that's right. Cape Coral. Right. But um, but back but back to Sabrina. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, like I said, like her gripping, her movement is great. Um, is she a lefty or a righty? I haven't looked at a competition. She didn't I'm, compete at the world championships. So I, I didn't see her. So. I think she, I'm pretty sure she was a righty. Okay. Pretty sure she was a righty. But um, the funny thing is, is she's really known for her Nawaza. Right. So if you, if you look at some of her, her competitions, you know, she's, she's uh, really a ground specialist. Uh, and her, her judo Nawaza is top notch. Right. You know, her, her um, Osakomi. 
is really good. Right, right. Uh, she's got some nice chokes as well. Have you? Did you roll with her? Did anybody at your club roll with her? How did that go? Yeah, we all did actually. Um, um, a lot of us did, I should say. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you know, she's she's strong on the ground. Uh, but that's where I like, like I said, with like with like Joey Best. Yeah. Um, you know, his Nawaza is on a different level. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. You, you know, he he's such a technician. Yeah. And, uh, you and, know, and extremely flexible yes. as well, which helps. Yeah. And one of the, one of the things I did note, n- note, uh, when they w- were doing Nawaza Rondori is, uh, you know, where normally when a judo player gets you in case of Katami, it's over, you know, yeah. if they're applying it right, but Joey Bess is not one of those guys. Yeah. yeah you yeah. get him in case of Katami, he has a way of taking your back. Yeah, he knows how to tell how just how to elevate you enough to get and get his hooks in, and he'll get your back and choke you out. Yeah, and, yeah. And I saw him doing that with several high level judo players, including Sabrina. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's uh, yeah. I, I I've heard that a lot. I I I don't with Kesa Katami. I, I tell this to my students. I tell them don't stay there if you don't think you have it. Move switch transition to a different hold down because I think I, and I see it in high level competition uh, too, that sometimes they stay there when they're not, you know, when, when they're not securing that hold down. And, and I know a high level judo, they have, they have strategies and they have reasons for doing things. And I, you know, for, even though I give my opinions on matches here, quite frankly, I do feel uncomfortable talking about it because I'm not in their meeting room, scouting their players you know, looking at their game plan. So I, I always make it clear on my, on in any of my episodes that I'm just looking at this from a spectator. Yeah. Yeah. You, is... you know what I mean? So I, you, you, but I don't understand why sometimes I see certain judo players just try and hold that case. And no matter what, even if they're losing it, where in my mind, I would say just transition, keep the action moving, but you know, maybe they have a game plan and this is their game plan and they're not going to deviate from it. Or maybe they just don't have the good enough skill to transition against somebody that high level, you know, not not ham and eggers like myself. Right. You you know what I mean. So I don't. So that that's kind of interesting that 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 would even with Sabrina that would even happen. Yeah. You know what? Why why not just move if you hold in case of time just just move transition. And and I think it's one of those things where probably ninety ninety five percent of the time she's successful with it. Yeah. But you know, like I was talking about earlier, matchups. If if a guy and and Joey Best is one of those guys where taking the back to him is second nature. Right. He's going to get your back. If you roll with him, he's going to get your back. Yeah. And it's and that just goes to show that even at like, you know, someone at the, the highest rank of judo and someone who is known as a Nawaza specialist, there's still a bad matchup for you somewhere. Right. And that, you know, and like I said Joey Best is amazing at taking the back and, yeah, yeah 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 right so joe are you i i know you're familiar with travis stevens do you read his blog at all have you followed him on twitter or instagram have you seen any of that yes i actually um been following that the project uh 2024 uh on instagram okay yeah because that's kind of a new thing yeah and i don't know if you've seen Travis's blog is one of my favorite things to read right now and um, i have been reading his blog as well yeah yes I, have you noticed some of the blog postings he's taken down recently? No, I, no. I didn't see the ones that he, yeah, he's taken. He, he took it down. Okay. There were some postings that he put up there that um, 
that were critical of Team USA's performance um, at, the, at the World Championships. Right. Now, there's nothing, to me, there is nothing wrong with criticism if the criticism is fair. Right. And everything I read that Travis wrote was fair. And, and, it, and it, it, even though he wrote that blog and took it down before I managed to record my, my podcast a couple of weeks ago, I saw a lot of the same things. Now, granted, Travis is a, is an elite level athlete. He's been there. He's done that. I'm just a ham and egger. But from a observation point of view, I, I think I saw a lot of the same thing. He looks at it at a, at a completely different level. But right. I think the general gist of it was his criticisms I thought were fair. And my points in my last episode, I was saying that basically I was saying Team USA is not ready to be at any of these events. Yeah, and well, particularly like the world championships. So, you know, you look at the uh, where the rest of the world is in judo. You know, outside of the United States, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure if this is still true, but only second to soccer in participation, right? Is judo. right. I mean, that's what a lot of people say. I don't think that's true, but uh... yeah. But at any rate, it's a very popular, and you know, I. I was even surprised to find out that judo is still more popular than BJJ in Brazil. Yeah. And and it it obviously shows with the 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 Brazilian team who are you know consistently on the medal stand. Right. Like, and I know that their athletes a lot of them uh cross train in BJJ as well as judo. Right, right. And um it makes sense and I, I and I I think that that's the path that um uh, Jimmy Pedro and Travis uh, see for the U.S. Um, I don't think that you know that our athletes are, are on the same level with the rest of the world in terms of Tachiwaza. I I agree. Even though you know, when, if we were to run into any of them, they they would you know throw us right through the through the. Oh, stadium. us absolutely. Yeah, us, you know. yeah, yeah. But on that world level, you know, the IJF World Championships, you know, that's the pinnacle, right? Right. So. Other, I guess the Olympics is considered the, yeah, the, the Olympics, the yeah, pinnacle. That, that's but true, that's true. But in terms of you know year-round competition, it's the IJF World Championships, right? Yeah. And all their their and, and their the, events. And the, the major tournaments the, on the IJF World Tour, right? Absolutely. Our athletes, um, meaning USA uh, judoka, their level of tachiwaza and compared to the rest of the world, it's not there. Right. So, and, and I know that Jimmy Pedro has even said this before. So we focused where we're strong and maybe other, other um, countries are weak. And that's Nawaza. Yeah. Right. And as we saw at the world championships, uh, the kid Vargas. Yeah. You know, it looked like, uh, and I know, I know the, <laughs> the, 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 the video that was uh, kind of going viral a little bit out there on the internet was this guy brought BJJ to a judo tournament. I don't know, Joe, I, I saw Juju Katami. I, I saw uh, Tommy Shiugatami. Right. What are you talking about? I, I, I saw judo. What are you talking well, about? Well, you, you know, as we know, you know, even like um, uh, techniques that like De La Hivagard and uh, Oma Plata, you know, that's stuff that, you know, you look at those old Kosen judo videos. Those guys were doing like like 80 years ago, you know, you can see Japanese guys doing De La Hivagard and, and Oma Plata, which... Uh, I wanted to discuss it. We'll get to that a little bit. I, I don't know. I, I thought Vargas looked like Tashiwazaki out there. I don't know what yeah. to tell you. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that should be where 
Team USA starts, meaning uh, Nawaza out, you know, because our guys here, we have great athletes in this country. There's no, there's no doubt about that. And right. especially like, um, you know, you look at our wrestling, look where we are wrestling Absolutely. compared to the rest of the world. We're, we're there. Absolutely. I, you know, and, and to, to echo that point, it was, it was a point that I made in my, my previous podcast. Uh, these other countries, I don't believe have better athletes. So it is not a, it's not an issue of fitness. It's no. not an issue of strength. It's an issue of coaching. And, you know, seeing what Travis Stevens and Jimmy Pager was doing with this project 2024. Now, now he actually followed me on, on Instagram. He's my second highest profile uh, follower next to yourself. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but, but um, it would appear that Jimmy and Travis are taking ownership of trying to bring the level of judo up. I don't know. And I'm not going well, by talking about this, I'm speculating, but I'm not going to make accusations. It would seem to me that this initiative that Travis Stevens is doing is a means to do something on their own that they feel they cannot get done within or under the umbrella of USA Judo. Now, granted, they, they, I, I, I know Jimmy Pedro's club, uh, Pedro's Judo Center is, is, a, you know, they, they are members of USA Judo. Obviously, yes. I know that they get the insurance to there and everything, but it would seem to me that they're doing their own thing and they're preparing 2024 is a nod to the Olympics, Summer Olympic Games, which will be held in Paris. Right. Um, so it does not appear to me that this initiative is going to be in conjunction with USA Judo, uh, especially after some of the blog posts that Travis has made, not only with uh, with um, the criticism of the uh, the performance of these athletes. He wasn't criticizing the athletes. He was he was being critiquing the performance. But he also had another blog post where he put out a questionnaire on. Who do you think in this country could coach a a a, a student uh, to to a medal on the IGF World Tour? That was basically the gist of the question. And I and he he gave five slots. You want to know my answers were? Sure. I, I I've not revealed this to anybody, but my answers were Jimmy Pedro, Jimmy Pedro, Jimmy Pedro, Jimmy Pedro, Jimmy Pedro. That, oh. Those were my answers. And I'm not saying that there is not a coach in the United States that can bring a, a, an athlete's level up to get them on the stand. I'm not saying that that coach doesn't exist. I'm saying that when it comes to major IJF tournaments, comes to by major IJF tournaments, it's tournaments that are well attended by Japan. France, Russia, and Georgia, and countries, Azerbaijan's another right, right. Those, if those countries are not in the tournament and mass, it's not a it's not a major event. Look, I'm sorry to say, the Cancun Grand Prix, it's it is a it's an IJF World Tour event, but if but I think Japan didn't send anybody there. It's it, not it's not the same event. We we were just talking about this before, Joe, that when the Los Angeles Clippers are playing the Cleveland Cavaliers and they beat them 
but LeBron James was sitting down. He he was he was sitting for the night because he was injured a little, or he just took the night off. It's not the same. The win. It's almost like there's an asterisk next to it. it, it absolutely. No, no, I I feel you. Uh, you're right. It, if the, the the major players like you mentioned, like the Japan's the the Russian and all the former Russian, uh, uh, yeah, all, all the former Soviet states, Soviet absolutely. states, and France, if if they're not in a t- Mongolia, even yeah, another one, exactly, yes. or it, South Korea, or oh know. yeah, South Korea. So if if they're or, not attending, it's it's not the same. So if, if you you know that those are the events where maybe a USA player. Can sneak onto the stand, and that's a, that happened this weekend, Jack. Um, which I'll, I I might cover. I don't know if I'm going to cover the rest of the IGF events after the World Championships on the podcast, but I do know that Jack Hatton of the United States got bronze uh, yesterday at the the Grand Prix over in Zagreb. Zagreb so, on Croatia, yes, 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 that's right. So so congratulations to to Jack on that. But again. I don't know who he went through to right. to to. I'm, I'm sure, obviously, Croatia had sent a full team because it's their host country. They can send, I think, up to 20 people right. to compete there. Um, you know, and I think the Tokyo Grand Slam or, or Grand Prix. I'm not sure which one it, it it is. Usually, at the end of the calendar year, they have a Grand Slam or a Grand Prix in Tokyo. But you know, but you're right. Whenever those countries aren't there, that's their opportunity to. to to get onto the medal stand and get those points. And I'm not, again, I'm not dismissing those accomplishments. Those are great accomplishments. And I'm, I'm very proud of Team USA, of their effort in going over there and, and fighting. But my argument has always been, they're not ready yet. And it seems like what Travis and, and Jimmy are doing is to get the next crop, the, the 12-year-olds, the 14-year-olds, the, the 10- to 14-year-old range kids, they have to start training now if they even want to have an opportunity to be at the 2024 Olympics. Absolutely. And like I said, and, and I know Jimmy has mentioned this in the past, like I had mentioned earlier about, you know, focus where we're strong, you know, meaning Nawaza. Right. Right. And so, and as we saw um, the kid Vargas, you know, he was one of the only Americans that actually. Could, he went three and one. Uh, see three and one yeah, yeah so uh, even though one could argue he had a uh a pretty soft pool uh but it doesn't matter yeah he, he went three and one in, in that tour. And, and to your point joe christopher round was somebody i interviewed uh, a few months ago and and i asked him about uh, i actually thought we didn't have an identity um because when you look at japanese judo they have an identity. right yeah when absolutely at, at, at judo in france For- they have an identity but chris Christopher corrected me. We do have an identity. It's a Nawaza strong uh, approach to judo. And I I think that approach can win. I don't think <laughs> doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu in a judo tournament will not get you on an IGF stand. I don't know no. if you feel differently about that. but No. But I do think that you could take a very accomplished BJJ player uh, at a young age. Obviously, you know, if someone's at a young age, they're probably not a black belt yet right. in jiu-jitsu because, you know, it it, it 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 takes quite a bit of time to actually achieve that rank in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But if you take a young purple belt uh, or a young brown belt even uh, and, you know, you, you, you they start cross-training with judo, you know, that those guys like can – 15. Yeah, 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 like, you know, 
Think, uh, think, think of Jeremy. What, yeah, yeah. What could have been maybe five years ago? Oh, yeah. 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 There's no doubt been, in my mind. He might have had a shot. Absolutely. If he wanted to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you take a, a kids like that, um, maybe even kids that come from a, a wrestling background. Right. You know, and you, you, you put a jogi on them and, and start training. They're going to, that's where we're, you know, like you said, we, ha- we do have an identity. I mean, we have elite wrestling in this country. Yes, we uh, do. And we have, this is probably one of the only countries uh, on the planet where BJJ is more popular than judo. Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Without question. At least, at least when it comes to teens and adults, there's yes. no question about that. Yes. Getting them and, tra- you know, training them in judo with, you know, Nawaza in mind, a Nawaza, not, and I, I don't want to say a Nawaza first mentality, right. but, you know, that play to your strength. You know, you can't turn, uh, uh, in baseball, a guy who's a, a slappy, you know, base hit guy into a 40 home run exactly. guy. It's not right. going to happen. So you play to his strength, you know, you're going to bat him first or second in the lineup and he's not going to be your cleanup hitter. So our guys are strong on the mat. So f- focus the uh their the game plan in judo and getting the fight to the mat because right. you're not always going to get that big epon to obviously that'd be great if we're if we're if our players start throwing guys for epon then then we we're not having this discussion obviously that's not happening as often as we would like so you know there's to me there's a lot of techniques to getting the match to the ground that you could we could exploit and play to our strengths. Absolutely. I, I agree. And what's interesting, um, one of Travis's blog posts, I can't remember who, he, it might have been to the Russian um, that he lost to in the Olympics. Yeah. He flat out said he knew he could not throw him. He, he knew, he, even for as great as Travis Stevens is, he knew he could not throw him. It, it, um, so he had to try and develop a, 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 a strategy and an approach uh, around uh, his strengths, which his strengths was definitely no, no, um, you know, no And if you remember the match, um, Travis had it was close. Yeah, he had a few opportunities. He sure uh, did. To, to to I remember distinctly like going for the choke, it. and he knew it too. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, it's the heartbreak of, of of losing something big like that, especially when you know, you know, you know, like. If I if I lost to that guy, when I knew I was I had no chance. Right, exactly, absolutely. But no, I you know, and you know, Travis obviously coached by Jimmy. Yeah. There, they knew what they were doing, and they did. They had a good strategy, and again, from a spectator's point of view, yeah, they had a good strategy. And I mean, he couldn't have gotten any closer to a, that gold medal than he did. Yeah. I mean, he was there, and he yeah. had a chance to to win on the mat. But like we said. He was playing to his strengths. He even he said, you know, like he he didn't feel he had a chance to throw to throw the Russian, but he uh he he got it to the mat, and you don't get any closer to a gold than that. And I, you know, I think you know some people, you know, especially on Reddit, they they took exception to some of my critique of of Ryan Vargas's performance, but I was very quick to say that I thought. He's young. He's 19 years old. He's got exceptional skill on the ground. And he's still developing. He's still growing into his body. I mean, he, he should stay at 66 kilos. Um, he should stay in his division. I think it's 66. It should be 66. But if it's not, he needs to stay in his division. You know, get stronger. Start getting some of that man strength by the time he gets to about 21 or so. 
and it might it might look very different uh, in the Olympics in Tokyo because he should he should if he keeps going the path that he's going he should be on that Olympic team. Oh yeah, representing the United States, and and he he lost to somebody that you know I knew I knew he was going to get steamrolled, uh, and and he did, and, and and that's okay. He's he's gaining that experience, but I do believe he's got the the skill and the athleticism. Um, I just hope Team USA they need to send guys if they're not if they're not sending them to Jimmy Pedro and Travis, then they need to send them across the seas. They, yeah. they need to have a partnership with Brazil. They need to send, when I see the training camps that take place, uh, let's say before the world championships at the Kodokan, I don't even know if Team USA was there. And if they weren't there, why weren't they? Right. The, and, and if it's because they couldn't afford to send everybody there, then, then you send the people who you truly believe have a chance to medal. Um, and, and like I said in my last episode, in my opinion, there was only three people. Um, and you know, no disrespect, I Ryan Vargas was not one of them in my right. mind at the time. Even though he performed well, he wasn't one of them. He's not there yet. Um, he he needs to become more seasoned. He they Team USA, in my opinion, and I don't look, I don't know the financials, but they need to do a better job sending these these uh, hopefuls right. overseas to different training camps. Instead of the competitions, they, they need to go to the training camp. Right. And, and I, they do have to send them to the competitions. You need those competition points in order to qualify for the Olympics. And ramping up 2018 going forward, it's it's, it's really going to start ramping up. I know the IJF is going to make some minor rule changes. Um, but so, so speaking of which, what did you think of the world championships? I know you saw some of the matches, if, if nothing else, but the highlights. Right. Because, oh, curious. Have you ever heard of 11 sports? 11 sports, no. Uh, IJF, you hear that? Another American, like like 99% of us, have not heard of 11 sports. Why you decided to do a cable deal with a company that nobody's ever heard of is beyond me. Because this is, and what I'm saying, Joe, is we did not, we could not watch the world championships through every other means that we've been watching every other tournament this year because they had a partnership with 11 sports. I don't have. I'm a I'm a cord cutter. I think you are too. Yep. And that's the trend that people are going in the United States. So to do a cable deal with a with a sports network that nobody knows where to find. Yeah. I. I if you could tell me what channel, eleven networks, uh, eleven I, sports is on Bright House or <laughs> or uh, or Frontier, I would give you a hundred bucks. Well, if you tell me the channel name right now without looking it up. Well, like I said, I didn't even uh, know it existed until you yeah, mentioned it you a moment so, ago. You know, it's unfortunate that many of us were not able to. I did. I have my ways through a VPN, but not everybody pays for a VPN service. Right. So that being said, I know you probably could only watch the, the highlights on YouTube. Yep. What What did you think? Well, I think the, probably the most uh, unshocking result was Renee winning. See, I, I thought I thought Teddy was going to lose. I, I, I remember you mentioned yeah, that on an I earlier did, podcast. I thought did, he was going to lose. You thought he was going to be upset, but... He looked great. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that you want to... There's no bad matchups for him. It seems like he can just do whatever he wants. See, and to your point, this is where... When, when people talked about... Oh, he had a tough pool. You know, he had a tough, uh, 
Teddy Renier does not care about the pool no. that he's in. He doesn't even think that's not even a concern. And that's where Team USA needs to be when it comes. We never care about Kayla Harrison's pool. No, you know, we never worried about that. Or no, and, and and it's funny or Travis's pool for that matter. You know, yeah, and especially coming into the, these last Olympics, I really, you know. The, the talk of Travis meddling was almost a foregone conclusion. We, yeah. I think we all knew he was going to be on the stand. Uh, That's prob- how I felt. Anyway. Yeah. And, and honestly, uh, bronze would have been like a, a major accomplishment to me. The fact that he competed in the gold medal match and had an opportunity to win was even beyond what my expectations yeah. were for him. Uh, and, you know, and there's another guy who cross trains. Yes, uh, you know he's he, he has been for a while. Yeah, I, I believe his black, he's got a black belt under John Donaher, who's in that Henzo Gracie family there. Right. And uh, you know he, uh, well, you can't say enough good things about his his game. So this whole Project 20, uh, 2024 thing that you know he seems to be spearheading with with uh, with Jimmy, I, I'm guessing Jimmy's on board with this as well. Yeah, I believe so because the, the the address of the it, it happens to be at Pedro's Judo Center. So unless coincidence, yeah, unless. Uh, uh, Jimmy Pedro and Big Jim just decided to quit doing judo, and Travis took over. Yeah, uh, they're they're in conjunction. So yeah, yeah. So so you know, I, I I'm I'm kind of excited about this to see where where, where it goes. And, and like like we said, like like a young kid like Vargas who who's only going to get better, right? And would maybe with uh, with with Travis and Jimmy, you know, leading that focus to for targeting 2024. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see more Americans on the metal stand. Like you said, though, like Kayla Harrison, that it was such an odd feeling uh, going into like the Olympics as the favorite. Yeah, you know, having an American as the oh nobody's you know she's she's the one you better watch out for in your bracket. Yeah, it's, it wasn't even it wasn't even a debate. No, I, mean, nobody, I don't think anybody could seriously debate whether or not she would not come away with gold. It was right. almost. To to me, from a judo perspective, it's like it's like wondering if Michael Phelps is going to get gold. Right, like you you just you just know he's gonna he's gonna win, and you and for at least for us, we knew that she was going to to win and come out on top. Um, and anything well to me, anything less than silver would would be shocking. I, right. I know I talked up throughout this year uh, a, a lady by the name of Majlinda Kelmendi out of Kosovo, who I think uh, she still is fabulous, and I. I, I said for sure as the sun is going to rise in the east, you know, Kalmendi's going to win that division. She ended up losing. She got uh, um, fifth place, I think, which was shocking to me. Wow. But, uh, you know, it happens. Um, but I didn't think that would have ha- was going to happen to Kayla. No. And, uh, and sure enough, it didn't. And she's actually part of, I just saw this news item, she's going to be part of the, an athlete's representative for the IJF. So, so even though she's, broken up with USA Judo so to say she is still involved in Judo with the IJF as a representative oh that's it's a, great it's a pretty big it's a big deal because the only the only way you can be an athlete representative is if you've been I, I think if you meddled you know at the Olympics or you, you can't you can't have you know some no name out there being a, a representative for top athletes in the world so and and who better than her? You know, two time right. gold gold medalist. You know, right, right. So there's there's a there's a couple of uh, high level players, uh, you know, retired. Kayla's retired, and uh, others that are representatives of the athletes. Um, I believe uh, Teddy Renner, who we were just talking about, um, is the president of that athletes commission. I think he stepped down though, but regardless of that, 
Um, so you saw Teddy Renner competing. Uh, you saw his, did you see his gold medal match there? Yeah, just the highlights of yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, he, so, uh, against Souza of Brazil. Again, Brazil right. up in the middle stand. That's what we're talking about. And Souza. He wasn't the only Brazilian. Yeah, and Souza's a, a, an amazing he's, judoka. He's he, going into going into that gold medal, his match previous, he had a beautiful Uchimata. Yeah. I mean, they, they, those Brazilians really, really are, are top-notch judo. I mean, they, they're, they're right up there. When we talk about Japan, France, Russia, you, you could put Brazil in that list as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they're fantastic. So. Is, is uh, Fabio Canto still the coach of the Brazilian team? He's a coach. Okay. I don't know if he's the national coach. I, I, I really I really don't know. Okay. Um so do you do you know if, if Flavio's a, a a jujitsu guy as well? I believe he's a he's a jujitsu black belt as well. Interesting. And we were talking about earlier whether or not you think a Brazilian jujitsu approach can work in in judo uh, you know, high level judo event. I I mean I don't think you can barambolo your way <laughs> to a to a world championship, but but Flavio Canto was one of those guys who had a, a very strong uh, Nawaza game. Absolutely, and and not that I know I keep going back to him, but I was actually, you know, with the rules, the way the rules and you know, and the interpretation of the rules, some of the stuff that I saw Vargas doing, I was wondering. I, because maybe it's because nobody does it in judo. Was it legal? There's a what we call in jiu Brazilian jiu-jitsu, the dummy sweep. Basically, where you know it's like he's going for Yoko Tomonagi, and when he he hits the mat, he double scooped the guy's legs and swept him. Now, I, I to me, I was like, man, I, I didn't think that the, a judo ref would allow that. Yeah, see, this I've done that sweep, and and that's where I got a little. I don't know if defensive is the right word, but but um, I don't like. To me, it was all judo. Yeah, I've done. I I've agree done with you. that sweep in judo. Nobody in Brazilian jiu jitsu taught me that. I, I I've told this story before. My first week in judo, I choked somebody out uh, from the rubber guard. I never heard of the rubber guard before that. So I mean, it's like. I I wasn't thinking. Oh, hey, this is Eddie Bravo's rubber guard. No, right. I I I I was in that position, and I choked somebody out, putting my hand behind their head and yeah. my foot, I, and I choked them out. It, to me, it was judo. But um, and and another thing about Vargas' performance, which what I thought was interesting, is is um, a lot of people were saying that he was pulling guard. He was not pulling guard. No, that's the thing, and I stress this to to my um my my students especially the ones that are going to plan on competing in judo tournaments you can't pull quote unquote pull guard in judo you can however attempt a sacrifice attempt uh, you know you know say like y yoko tomonagi yeah and then s hit a sweep or you know pull a guy into a a triangle or or Juju Gatami. Right. So that's some of the things that transitions are one of the things that I've really been focusing on with my students. Yeah. Um especially because like, you know, as USA players overall, their Tachi Waza isn't going to be as strong as someone who, you know, has been training judo for years. But 
you know, like you said, you're not pulling guard, but there's ways to get the fight to the mat. Exactly. Right. And, and right. And, I, but me, me personally, someone who trains both, both arts, um, I was surprised at some of the stuff that Vargas was doing that the refs would allow just because, and, and the only reason I say that is because nobody else is really doing it. Right. But, and, and here's, here's the point of, of clarification that I want to make to, to some of the jujitsu guys you know, old nation that may be listening to this <laughs> podcast is that these refs at the, at the IGF level, they get the call over, I, I would say over 99% of the time, they get the call right. Yes. So it's not like, it's not like what Vargas was doing was, oh my God, these refs don't know what they're seeing. They don't know how to call this match. Rah, rah, rah. No, yeah. it's, it's not that. You know, what guys were saying, oh, he pulled guard into a dummy sweep. No, Vargas had a legitimate attack yep. that failed, and he immediately transitioned to a to a sweep, which which then, and if I'm thinking of the, the, the match, the, the guy went face down, laying down, Vargas turned him over, yep. and, and got the hold down. I believe he secured a, a Juju Katami from there. Yes. So, you know, when I see things like that, it's it's like... Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you're right. At the IJF level of, of refereeing, the, the, rarely do I see dumb. them. They're not dumb. I mean, every once in a while, I'll maybe disagree on the score. So yeah, same here. But they they always, for the most part, get the call right. The funny thing that I thought in some of Argus's matches, and I believe it might have even been the guy, one of the guys that he hit with one of them, quote unquote, dummy sweeps. The guy looked at the ref like, help. Like, yeah. what is this guy doing to me? Like, is that legal? It's almost like his opponent didn't realize because he probably nobody he had trained with had attempted those moves on him. And, and, and not only that, um, some some of the one of the guys um, that he beat came from a country. Uh, honestly, I, I never even heard of. Um, I, I shouldn't say I've never heard of it. I've heard the name, but I, I assumed it was a city, not a country. <laughs> and And like. There's places around the world where there isn't even a Brazilian jiu-jitsu club. Right. And and how they are learning judo is just the way that we learn judo. That's that's it. You know, a top-heavy game, um, you know, moving around and, you know, turtling or whatever. That's all they know. So they've right. not seen anything else. But it's not like the refs haven't seen it. So yeah. They're, they're not going to... Yeah, you know, what I want to see is like, you know, maybe some jiu-jitsu guys. Hey, I'm going to compete in the judo tournament and start start doing guard pulls. What the, what they think they saw Vargas do instead of what he actually was doing. Right. He was actually trying for for a tomonagi. Yes. Yeah. Um, or maybe a yoko tomonagi. Yeah, and and to that point, that's 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 a move that I've been. Uh, you know, showing my students a lot because yeah, we, we both been working with last night. Yeah, yes. We were working on that extensively. And it's kind of that actually kind of, and see, and especially seeing Vargas's performance and stuff, the possibilities that are there, um, you know, that quick transition to your next move. So if you hit, hit the Tomonagi, awesome. Yeah. If you don't, you got that, you got sweeps and you got, uh, you can actually, uh, one of my favorite moves to do, uh, from that Yoko Tomonagi, uh, set up is if you know if the person postures up, you can pull them right in for a triangle or an arm lock. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I've seen. Here we go again. Kashiwazaki. I mean, <laughs> I've seen him demonstrate that. Yes. I, there's videos out there of him demonstrating that exact move. You you miss the Yoko Tomonagi right into the arm lock because you have the arm. Yes. It's right. It's right there. 
and 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 I know we've we've mentioned this point many times, and I see that, and, and this is just me speculating at this point. I can see stuff like that that those kind of uh, transitions and combinations being put together, maybe for uh, for the U.S. players. Maybe this project twenty twenty four is going to you know focus on, on on transitions and combinations of that nature. Yeah, I, that would be interesting. I, I would love to see maybe them put out a, a, a video series, or like curriculum. Like that. Yeah, that they're yeah. going to be yeah. And that's and speaking of curriculum, when I when I talked to when I interviewed interviewed Serge Buisu out of um, he runs Mayo Quanchi out of Rhode Island, one of the largest judo clubs in the country. He's got like three hundred students. Wow. He's a great guy, great great guy. Um, he talked about that that USA Judo needs to put out some kind of a curriculum because you know even though we talk about other countries um, and and how successful they are, I mean yeah I've made this point before. The, the UK, for example, or, or, or at least England, is smaller than Florida. Yeah. Even these countries are, are a lot. We have a, a significant geographical problem um, that USA Judo needs to solve in order to bring up its, its uh, judo program. Um, and I don't know exactly how it is in Moscow, but I would believe that their top players, they go to one place. They, they go to some, you know, the national training site in, in Moscow, I would think. I don't know. I don't want to get that wrong, but um, it, that would make sense. So, yeah. but yeah, yeah, and to to your point, I, maybe you know we're missing. I'm not saying that the IJF is missing out. They're obviously doing fine, with, right. but but you know we have like 320 plus million folks in this country, and you know, like I said earlier, I think this is probably the only nation on this planet where bjj is more popular than judo so do you do you think that the ijf or or maybe on a smaller level usa judo needs to extend that olive branch to brazilian jiu-jitsu absolutely as a matter of fact this is something that you, you, you just made me think of this um one of the uh Sensei's that assists with me at the judo club. He's and he's been a tremendous asset. Uh, Victor, yeah, Victor. Yeah, uh, you know, he he's a Mexican national. He he travels to um, Mexico all the time, all the time for that. for business. But while he's there, you know, he trains judo. Obviously, the federations there, the BJJ federation and the judo federation, are hand in hand. Really, in Mexico? Yes. Are they really? Oh, yes. Which I found to be a bit of a surprise when he told me that. He's like, yeah, they're, they're at tournaments together. The, the representatives from, you know, they cross train. They're, they're, they're hand in hand. They don't, they're not like competing organizations whatsoever. There's a partnership there. And that's something, uh, that could really benefit us. I think, I don't know that we have, there's an official, uh, BJJ federation in the u.s like you know we have usa judo yeah that's a good point you know there is is not a national governing body no i as far as i'm good the the only governing body that um that u.s clubs follow is the ibjjf and you know me personally uh i have lots of issues with the ibjjf like what the rule set um what's wrong with the rules it's it's kind of like judo uh I, some of the rules are a little too restrictive. Um, like, so if you go to a local grappling tournament, uh, 
here and anywhere in the states like we have naga there's there's several there's sure. grapplers quest right. there's different grappling um organizations their rule set for those uh are way more in line with jujitsu um whereas the ibjjf is a little more restrictive like no no foot no toe holds no foot locks uh even at the black belt level there's no heel hooks and I understand that judo people are like, you know, hey, those are dangerous anyway. To me, yeah, that's how when I hear that, I'm I'm already cringing on the inside. Right, but um, when you look at some of the mo- more successful jujitsu ju- uh, players from the U.S., in the same way that um, our U.S. players uh, excel in nawaza, um, U.S. players are really uh, BJJ players. That is really excel at toe holds and heel hooks. You got guys like uh, a Gary Tonin. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but uh, all those guys who train under John Donaher, where Travis Stevens actually trains BJJ, those guys are all known as leg lock and foot lock specialists. Right. But in terms of them competing in an IBJJF setting, all that that takes that whole skill set away because they're not legal. Uh, however, at uh, Abu Dhabi, you, you know the ADCC competitions. Uh, all those submissions are on the table. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I don't know what to think of, of those type of submissions. Um, I, I don't have an opinion either way. I, I would love, I would love to train, you know, straight up leg locks more. Yeah. Um, that that I would love to be more skilled at, but um, I don't, I don't know. To to me, I. I I'm such a stickler for safety. Right. And, and that, and that's a judo thing, you know, yeah. and I feel some of the things there's a little too much safety in okay. judo. Yeah. Yeah. And I can also see the point where like, uh, and this isn't no criticism of Naga, which, which is the, uh, a grappling association here. Uh, they, you know, they, they host events worldwide, but you could pretty much other than using a shank, you can pretty much, do anything in Naga. Right. And, and and I, small children, you, I, you, kids can go out there and knee bar each other, which to me might be a little bit too dangerous. Yeah. Uh, you know, but but again, like I said, I'm, I'm very much a stickler for safety and stuff. Um, for me, one, like one of the things I would like to see in judo is the, the Juju Katami, you know, uh, I think, what is it? 16 before you can do that in, in judo. Uh no, a little younger. Okay. Well, um, yeah, you know what? I'm not. I'm not sure. I believe it. I believe it's sixteen. Older. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, I I think. um, It's just funny they they let you do chokes earlier than. than, Yeah. Well, when you think about it, though, a a choke is much safer. There, there's no injury that's going to come from a choke. The worst thing that's ever going to happen from a choke is you're you're going to pass out. You know that's yeah, the well, worst. Unless you're doing straight up Hadaka Jime right on. The well, okay, on the out of, then there could be an injury there. Yeah. But for the most part, if, if you're doing a, a lapel choke or, or some kind of a gi choke, yeah, a gi choke. choke. Oh, I'm sorry, you just said lapel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you're there's no fear of injury per se, uh, and I could see you know Juju Katami. There's definitely uh, a a chance for, for for an injury, you know, uh, with a joint lock like that. But I, I think that. Um, especially if kids have been training, you know, for a long time, I, I think 13, the same age that you're allowed to start chokes, uh, you should be able to do, uh, uh, 
arm locks. Yeah, I I, I do agree with that because it, it's it makes it challenging even in my own judo club. It's like, okay, how old are you? You know, should I show you this? Right. Should I not show you this? I mean, sometimes I do show them, it, it, and it's just um. I I sometimes I just don't. Some of the kids don't even have the maturity level. I, I yeah. don't know if that's even fair to say. What I find problematic in judo when you start showing kids who may not be ready for chokes and stuff is that they start going for the chokes without mastering the fundamentals. Yeah, and, and that's that's I think from a from a teaching standpoint, from a judo perspective, um, that's an issue I see a lot. You know, like a lot of like, like a lot of kids don't like to do uh, nawaza on their feet. They like to, you know, a lot of times they'll ask, you know, hey, can we go on the ground? And and I, I'm like, yeah, we obviously we train on the ground. We we can do that, but you guys have to actually do something. Like rolling around on the ground and and not really doing anything is is not training. You're no. just you're just you're just rolling around the ground, wrestling like like I would with my kid or something. Right, right. It's just it's not it's not training. I, and, and a lot of kids don't aren't disciplined enough to do that. You know, I, I know in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is completely different, but in Judo I tend to see, oh, can we do Nawaza? Yay! And then they just just kind of right. rolling around. They're not actually doing, you know, uh Katami to Yoko Shiogatami to Tate Shiogatami or something. Right. They're not doing that. They're not practicing that stuff. They're just sitting there. Or if they get pinned, they just lay there. Lay there and not, not try to hip so. Yeah. And to, to that point, you know, because, you know, obviously I started in judo. Uh, but I see, you know, young kids, you know, there's no restriction on the techniques that they learn in BJJ. I mean, obviously they're not doing heel hooks and stuff like that, but, uh, you know, kids are doing Juju Gatami and, uh, you know, Hadaka Jame from day one. Yeah. And I don't see any injuries or any, so I, the whole, you know, the safety thing does, I don't, I I don't, it doesn't really apply. It does. It doesn't because to, to me, especially because, you know, and this is probably a subject for another, uh, another podcast, but you know, Judo it is a martial art and it is for self-defense. Right. But I think me and you both know that a kid that starts judo today, five years from now, isn't going to be able to defend himself using judo because they're, they're, they're training a sport more so than the art. Yeah. And so, so to me, a kid, not uh, a 12 year old kid who's been training since he was nine, but he doesn't know how to choke or do an arm lock you know yeah I, and i and i think it does that's definitely for a, another yeah that's that's we, all, the, all we, the, we can we can tackle that i i um i see when it comes to we'll, we'll touch on this briefly though when i when i see when it comes to judo or brazilian jiu-jitsu for self-defense i simply see it more as a tool you know it's 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 a tool like you know, a 12-year-old kid is not a threat to me. No. But you put a gun in his hand, well, now he's the greatest fighter ever. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Because to me, fighting, there, real self-defense, there are no rules. Exactly. So, exactly. It, so I just see judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu as a tool. Yeah. Not um, not the means. Right. Right. Not to mean, like, you know, and I mean, honestly, we see it in MMA, right? Guys who are elite world, and there are, like, a... Uh, uh, Guys who've won eight Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu World Championships, right? They come into MMA with all this pedigree and get knocked out. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Because you're right; it's a tool, right? 
and same thing, uh, you know, and we won't even touch on the Connor Floyd thing, but uh, a boxer who knocked everybody out can come into MMA and get submitted in 20 seconds if yeah. he doesn't know how to wrestle or defend a submission. So you're right. It's only a tool to to self-defense. But, um, you know, it is touted as a self-defense. Yeah, yeah. Y- you know, and so there's different ways of teaching the sport and the self-defense, obviously. But to me, you know, the, the, the whole point was the safety thing is, I think, a little out of proportion. Because like I've said, I, I go to tournaments, uh, BJJ tournaments, and, you know, you see kids uh, 9 and 10 years old doing the same techniques that adults that I'm out there practicing right. and, you know, nobody's getting hurt. Nobody's getting hurt. Right, right, right. But, you know, like I said, that's probably a discussion for another whole podcast. Although that, that does lead me to a question. This is a personal question I've had and it has to do with rules and I haven't been able to get a definitive answer anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, and this is for all you BJJ guys listening, the omoplata is actually a judo move. Yeah, you know, judo guys were doing it years and years ago. Um, it's Ashi Sankaku Garami. And I'm trying to find out, because I've had debates with, with folks, is it legal in judo? And I've got so many different answers. I've got, it's legal to turn the, your opponent over with it, but you can't submit them with it. And then I've heard, you can submit them with it, but you have to attack the elbow and not the shoulder. And then I've heard it's completely illegal. Um, to me, it's udigarami. Right, I agree. You're 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 doing udigarami with your legs rather than your arms. So the submission is the same; it's just applied differently. But not everyone sees it that way. And, and I've really I've scoured the the internet looking for an IJF ruling on on that technique. It's it's a tough one. I think if somebody were to do that on the t- at the highest level i think the refs would call it right and if somebody was tapping out they would they would call it right and not penalize the person applying it because i have a book called best judo which is in my opinion the best judo book out there and they demonstrate um Ashi Sankaku they, they demonstrate they demonstrate that technique in the book um, and, and actually not only do they demonstrate that it's it's a technique uh, they that's used as a means that to hold a person down to get the get the uh, you know the lapel choke yes and and that's funny because did you mention the lapel choke because what I've been instructing my students is if you get into that position uh you know, you once again say you're going for like a, a Yoko Tominagi because that's another tra- – you can transition that yeah. to, to the Omoplata or Ashi Sankaku Garami. But because there's so much uncertainty with is it legal, is it not legal, that lapel choke is there from that. And that's always a safe move. You go for that, there's there's no doubt. I just I just don't understand why they would – why that would be illegal – because it's not because of the legs, definitely not. Because no, no. I, because I, I'm at, uh, one of my earliest uh, competitions, I lost to Keisa Katami, um, Keisa Katami to to an arm lock. Where they use so the, legs, the legs. To use, yeah, so I, that's I one of my favorite. My, my first tour, tournament that way, and 
And so it can't be the leg thing. So now you have to look at, you have to look at the technique itself. To me, that's, that's, that's Ude, no matter what your legs or arms, it's Ude Garami. Yeah, it's Ude, Ude Garami. Garami at that, in that position is, is a legal technique to me. So I, I would think that a, a smart referee, and again, to me, the IJF referees truly are fantastic. Um, I would think that they would call that properly. But some people at a lower level, maybe even at a national level, might say that that's an illegal technique. I have never seen it used as a submission at, at a IGF World Tour event. I've seen it used as a transition position to get people to move, to get them. And that's when I, I use that technique as often as possible uh, when I'm doing the Waza. I, I love using it. I love using it as a transition. It forces people to roll. Um, you know, even if I'm not doing the arm lock, uh, if, if it forces a lot of people that pressure there to, to roll forward and, yes. and I like getting this side control. Yeah. It gets you right um, into it. Once they roll from there. Um, that, but that's just me. I've been, I've been doing that since day one. Yeah. Since, and, since I learned, since I learned, uh, I saw it in a book, I've been using it since. Yeah. And I have, I have that whole old Kosen Judo video, like an old VHS, uh, tra- transferred digitally. and. They demonstrate the technique on there. I mean, Kimura's all over that video. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they actually, he submits the opponent with it and he's attacking the shoulder. Yeah. Now, obviously, I know back then there's a lot of submissions that are now illegal. But, you know, if there's any IJF level referees listening to this podcast, please, please, please reach there. out to, to the show. I just want to know how you would call that. If a person taps out from Ashi Senkaku Garami, is that legal? Uh, is the technique itself, uh, you know, if you see uh, a player going for that, are you going to stop it? Are you going to allow it? Because like I said, there's other things you can do out there. Like as Dave was saying, you know, uses it to roll, turn guys over for, for uh, Osakomi. That, that choke is definitely there. Like that, the, the, the cross choke, the clock choke from the lapel. Uh, it's, that's a great technique. But if you attack the arm, with that technique, is it legal? Absolutely. And you could you could reach out to the show at judochopsuishow at gmail.com. Uh, my Twitter, as I've said many times, is at Lavita Judoka. You can also follow me on Instagram at Lavita Judoka. Um, where on my latest picture of uh, posts on Instagram, uh, you get to see my son asking the great Stan Lee, the creator of Marvel, the Marvel Universe, a question. Because I went to recently to, to to MegaCon in Tampa Bay, and that was a lot of fun. I uh, also took some, you know, I took some pictures of Kevin Smith who showed up, and and I almost bought this movie called uh, Supaida Man. Yeah, it was a <laughs> Japanese version of Spider Man. So it was, uh, I had a good time there. So you can check out that at at Levita Judoka. Joe, do you got any uh, any Twitter or Instagram or anything? Sure. Uh, Instagram is probably the best way to get me. And that's J Kaiser, J K I S E R seven one. Very cool. Very cool. So we, uh, what about, uh, what are you doing later on today? Are you going to check out the bucks? Uh, yeah, I'm going to try to catch the, the game. Uh, uh, I was supposed to go today. Well, you know, uh, this is the first season in the past 30 years that I haven't had season tickets. Oh, uh, wow. yeah, this is so, uh, the the home opener against the Bears is the first home opener that I haven't been in, in to in probably thirty years. But uh, yeah, but um, you know, uh, 
I was actually out in Tampa last night, and there was a multitude of Giants fans. Oh, nice. and, and I know the game sold out, but I, I would go up to them and introduce myself as Owen. And they're like, Owen? Yeah, I was like, yeah, Owen 4, <laughs> because that's what you're going to be tomorrow. Uh, and they, they weren't very happy about it, but I mean... Yeah, I don't know with with uh, Levante David. I, I don't know. I haven't gotten the official injury report yet, but uh, I don't know if Quan Alexander or Levante's playing. But that'll be. Uh, uh, what about Grimes? Do we know if Brent Grimes Ryan? should be in? Okay, Grimes will be in. That'll make a big difference in the secondary. But I tell you, do do you play fantasy at all? I do not, oh, and I'm actually not. and I'm actually. Uh, I could go on a rant on why I don't play fantasy, yeah. but I love football. I mean. I love football. Yeah. I've, like I said, I've, I'm a lifelong Buccaneers fan. I, I've been going since they've been here. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little kid. I was five years old during the first season, but my parents had tickets. So yeah, I've been yeah. going ever since. So, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not a, I mean, I wasn't born and raised here, but, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are my team for sure. Followed yeah. by the New England Patriots, uh, for obvious reasons, since I'm from the, from, area. from that area. But, but Bucks are number one for me. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I, I love football, but, uh, fantasy football to me, it, it was, it's almost like a, a full-time job. If you, I mean, if you just want to play with some friends for fun, I get it. But the guys who get into it hardcore, I mean, I don't have that kind of time. Right. You know what I mean? I know guys that are like in three and four leagues. And so they got to attend three and four drafts and <laughs> play for money. I'm in three leagues. I've got, um, in the money league, I'm in first place. I mean, I, if I win it, I stand to win about 300 bucks. Well, say, yeah, I get, and, and I got, um, I do the DraftKings thing. Oh, okay. I've got, I'm, I'm kind of a nut on that. I, I play the low stakes games, like the, the, the 10 cent games, but I've got, uh, I'm, uh, I got about 30 lineups going today, 30 different lineups. And you, the, the, the one, I'll tell you the main reason that. Lavita Judoka on DraftKings, if you want to play the heads up. <laughs> one of the main reasons that I can't get into it. Is because it's going to make me cheer for people I don't like. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Because I've I've actually been at Buck. Like I said, I used to go to every Bucks game. Uh, I would be at the stadium, and some guy would score a touchdown on the Bucks. You know, and I'd be upset, and I'd be like, "Oh, I can't believe we couldn't stop this guy." And then the guy next to me is like, "Oh man, well at least he's on my fantasy team." Yeah, right. Look, guy, I don't care about your fantasy team right now. We just got scored on. It, you know, yeah, it's tough. I got Eli Manning in one of my lineups going against, oh. Bucks, and I have the I have Eli Manning against the Bucks defense in one of my thirty lineups. Well, at so least that that that's going to cancel itself out. It, you, it might. You know what I'm saying? Because you're gonna you're gonna win one way or the other, right? Right, right. right. So you're gonna get points. I get that. I, that makes sense. E- Eli might throw two touchdowns to to uh, to Odell Beckham, but the but the Bucks may get two interceptions off him. So I'll get. I you know that's that's. That's actually not one. That's one of my worst lineups. I got other ones going on, but it it's fun for me. I I don't you know I'm not I'm not much of a gambler. I don't really consider it gambling, but no, it's uh, you know it's just for fun. I yeah. But uh, all right, Joe. Well, it's great having you on the episode, and we got to do this again. Not uh, not every six months. We'll we'll find we know of a place that we can record. Uh, a little bit more frequently because because the setup here in my home is just not ideal but uh we'll be sure to have you again is there anything else any parting shots you want to take or uh no parting shots other than uh like i said giants own four after today we uh, can only hope yeah because uh no, no we're, we're we're hurting this in terms of our lineup and yes, they're they're desperate for a win so it could it could not work out in our favor but 
I'm going for 0-4. I'm calling it now. Uh, all right. Well, we shall see. So, Joe, good to have you on the episode, and we'll definitely do this again. All right. Thank thanks for much. having me. All right. Take care. Open Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. Open. Open. Open.